And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Uh, we're so excited to be back in the studio today. We've got a big show. Murray McDonald, uh, executive chef of The Bear, The Fish, The Root, and The Berry, will join us. We're going to ask him the significance of that name and how that uh, ties into his job. Uh, Casey, then we're joined by Allison Moyes. It's the first time talking to Allison uh, from Liquidity Wines in Okanagan Falls. What's she going to tell us? She's going to talk about the significance of farming organic. Okay, uh, and then we're moving across the valley, just a little further south to Road 13. We're going to catch up with Barkley Robinson. He's the new winemaker at Road 13, and he's uh, all about making big red uh, Rhone-style wines in the South Okanagan, so we'll talk about that. And then uh, to kick off the show next, uh, Steve Moriarty's back, the wine director from Save on Foods, and he's got an interesting topic today, Casey. Yes, we're going shopping with Steve, and he's going to give us COVID tips. COVID tips on uh, how to manage yourself around the supermarkets all uh, fall long. Can't wait. We'll take a quick break. But just before that, I wanted to mention today marks our three-year anniversary with Bell Radio. The show is produced in Vancouver and airs in markets across B.C., including Vancouver, Victoria, Kamloops, Kelowna, Summerland, Penticton, Oliver, and Soyuz. But as we head into year four back at Bell, we're adding 10 new markets for a total of 18 radio markets across British Columbia with an amazing 31 plays weekly across the network. A special welcome to those now listening in Princeton, Kitimat, Golden, Nelson, Prince Rupert, Revelstoke, Salmon Arm, Terrace, Trail, and Invermere. You know, BC Food and Wine Radio has always been about the people, the places, and the time, but particularly people who tell their story, and we can't wait to share those now across the province. It's been our pleasure to work with many great people over the years. We first started here in Vancouver on the same frequency 23 years ago and have had some great folks help us along the way. Corey Ashton Miller was one of our first producers of the show. Tim Walborg was behind uh, the boards here in Vancouver. Many of you know Tim. He's uh, working in the Kelowna area uh, and has been for some time. Gord Bemister and Art Factor ran the boards for years. In 2009, we left for Sea Isle in Richmond and Art came along with us. Now our team continues to grow with Anissa Hetherington behind the control board, Mike Whittingham with us on the road, and Sherry Caleb who drives all our social media. Finally, a big thanks to our sales staff and Stu Ferguson, our invaluable program director. There are many more names we don't have time to mention. Just time to give thanks. Stay tuned to British Columbia. The best is yet to come with the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. When the cooler weather settles, the vibe changes, dishes become heartier, and wine decidedly more nuanced. Savon Foods carries the world's largest selection of BC VQA wine, more than 1,200 wines from over 180 wineries, all perfect for fall. There's no better time to experience BC's best vintages, and there's no better place to find them all than Savon Foods. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. Browse the entire collection online at saveonfoods.com slash wine. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. 
we're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery would like to welcome you to visit their spectacular winery in the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench. Guests can enjoy seated tastings of six of their signature wines for up to six people per reservation. Feel comfortable knowing that rigid social distancing and cleaning protocols are in place to ensure the utmost safety of staff and guests. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Open 10 to 5 daily. Call or visit kalmana.ca for reservations. Stuck at home? Planning your next getaway without the airfare? Think Therapy Vineyards. Imagine staying at the Inn on the Vineyard, overlooking Lake Okanagan and Giant's Head Mountain, sipping the latest releases all within steps of your luxurious boutique-style room. It's the ultimate wine lover's getaway without the flight. For a limited time, BC Food and Wine radio listeners can save on their stay at Therapy Vineyards. Just remember the code Gizmondi when you book online at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, pleased to have Steve Moriarty back with us of, of one of his many jobs at Save On Foods. He's the wine director responsible for wine, but he has many other duties. Steve, uh, welcome back to the show. Good morning, folks. I'm glad to be here. Uh, nice to have you. Uh, we're getting towards the rush. Are you, uh, you know, I don't know, it's uh, it's almost November. Is Are you ready for the big rush? Will there be a different kind of rush this year, I guess? Well, you know, if Thanksgiving was any indication, uh, the rush will be a little bit more, quote, unquote, rushed than normal. Uh, we, <laughs> had a, we had a very, uh, what I would call, busy Thanksgiving in the, in the uh, grocery retail channel, and yeah. we're, we're, we're sensing and we're seeing indicators that show the same same kind of trends for home home comfort meals and uh, of course in in some of our stores it, that leads to great pairings with fantastic BC VQA wine. Yeah, I was just thinking, Casey, maybe the same. Like normally we would have a Thanksgiving dinner. We had three this year, uh, all apart. So you know, my both of my kids had one, and we had one. So uh, that's like three times the dinners. Now that's really social distancing, Tony. Yeah. Really was. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to talk a bit about uh, before we get to the wine, Casey. You want to talk a bit about how to shop or uh, what's going on in grocery stores with Steve a bit? Yeah, Steve. I'm really interested in in some of the uh, protocols now at Save On Foods, but even more so is is what the consumer should do when they go shopping in a grocery store. Well, I think that's a, a really good question. Um, uh, Casey and and you know we've I, I, I hate to, to kind of trivialize it but we've been at this now since the middle of the middle of March beginning of April and and we are be, we are we are kind of trending toward this new norm or this new expectation and the consumer today uh, and we encourage every consumer that comes to shop with us and and I'm sure our competitors do to to act as 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 safely as they possibly can to look after not only their uh, well-being and their health, 
but our but but their fellow shoppers as well. And we're starting to see, uh, you know, that that the, the consumer of today, you know, with masks and social distancing, it's not that interruption that it was back in the middle of April. And uh, we we clearly see that that a lot of our customers come equipped and come deliberately prepared to to help themselves and to be what we would call extremely safe in today's environment. Mm. Yes, and we all have to accept responsibility. So I think it's important, for one thing, to visit the grocery store when it's essential and then only buy what you need for about a week or a little more. And that means, you know, be creative with what you have on hand before going to the store and don't overbuy. I think that's that's great advice, Casey. I, I see this. Um, we see this trend with a lot of consumers today who who have taken to to producing and and creating and 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 how do you say building more meal solutions at home than ever before, and um, using up the stuff in the pantry, using up the stuff in the deep freeze, and making sure that there that we are not creating what we'd call artificial shortages of products because we may be hoarding or stockpiling for 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 an event that probably will never happen. And uh, it's really comforting to see a lot of customers shift dynamically toward this home prepared home prepared food uh, solution based meals and we're really really confident that that the consumer is is kind of evolving back to where we were a lot where uh, you know a, a decade or two ago even eating healthier in some respects uh preparing their own food uh i like this social distancing and we hear a lot about social distancing but i hadn't really thought about uh the two grocery cart space uh, which seems just perfect to me. That's probably the exact distance and easy enough for anybody to figure out uh, when they're pushing a cart around. Uh, absolutely, Tony. I think that uh, you know, for years, uh, some, some of our larger grocery stores, you almost needed a, a traffic cop at times to you know to <laughs> to kind of kind of kind of make sure yeah. that we had a, an even flow to the checkouts and through the store. And and nowadays, it's great to see the consumer just naturally is is evolving. And I think we've entered this this phase of shopping i would call it where where we see more and more responsibility about about that about that personal aspect in safety yeah. zone and your comment about the two uh, two buggy lengths is is about perfect one of the big things casey that drives me crazy is the touching i know it's a natural thing but there there are some solutions to not touching everything in the store well, exactly. Inspect produce with your eyes, not your hands. But, you know, you can use a produce bag if you want to make your selection. Just, you know, take a plastic bag and pick up what you need, put it in the cart. Yeah. That's a great that's a great suggestion, Casey. And we, we try to we try to foster that, that, that thought in the grocery store is that just take one of those really small uh, really all really, really thin produce bags and, and almost use it as a glove. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to get to some wines, Steve, but before that, uh, there is a lot of, you know, you hear all this talk about COVID-19 and fatigue amongst people, all that sort of thing. But you know what? The people who are least fatigued are the seniors and the most vulnerable. I see them every day in my neighborhood, uh, masked up and being super careful. Uh, so if you're a senior, you should check out your store's website uh, or even call in advance because many have extended uh, earlier hours for seniors and others should respect those hours because really it's a, it's a different situation when you're 23 and when you're 73. Oh, that's a great point, uh, Tony. I mean, all of our stores have a preferred shopping time for the most vulnerable customers that we have, including our, our senior population. Most stores, the first hour we're open, uh, whether we open at seven or whether we open at eight, uh, we encourage 
uh, regular shoppers to, to, to wait longer and to follow that kind of unwritten rule. And by, by most standards, we are seeing uh, the trend throughout all four provinces uh, where that is becoming the norm. I know uh, a couple of stores that I frequent on a regular basis at seven o'clock in the morning, there's that, uh, there's the same, the same group of uh, senior shoppers ready to, ready to shop first thing in the morning yeah. on virtually on their own. And that, to me, that's a comforting, you know, that's that whole be nice attitude. Yeah, and uh, be kind. It's, really, it's really great to see. And it's so important. Uh, They're on the front lines. It's COVID. I think you've got to allow for extra time and and really treat employees with kindness. Yep, for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, some of our stores, of course, we got uh, the, 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 the um, LDB or the LCLB, I should say, was able to grant us the ability to open our wine stores earlier in the morning so senior citizens could shop. So we have in our 21 stores, uh, we have the ability now, or we have had had this all summer, is to sell wine at seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. Oh my God! That's great. The, that's that's the end of life. <laughs> and um, I, not a week goes by where I don't get a letter from, or a comment, or an email from one of our senior customers, um, sure. thanking us for that ability or for that capability to come in and shop early in the morning yeah. and pick up a great bottle of wine. Well, Steve, let's give them a tip. It's the fall. A lot of people drinking red wines. I I wondered, have you stumbled on anything lately that's become a new go-to or something we could have a look at in the store? Well, you know, I've I've said before, I'm a a dedicated Pinot Noir fan, and and I think I've drank just about every Pinot Noir, and if it's uh, been made in the province of British Columbia. But recently, I I happened to be uh, visiting Dirty Laundry Winery, and they uh, they have the Hush series. Of course, Hush Rosé is a phenomenal seller in yeah. all channels and of course they have the hush white now but this just recently in the last week they came out with a new wine it was hush red and i got to be honest with a little bit of pinot noir in it a little bit of fauche it's got a number of things in it it just completely changed my perspective on red blended wine <laughs> and i know from now till christmas time i know what's going to preoccupy me and that's that's the hush red from dirty laundry wow, wow. do you have a price on it steve uh, we sell it in our store. I, I, I you catch me off guard. I believe it's nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's that that price. And to me, that's exceptional value for that for that bottle of wine. Great yeah, tip. That's that's before discount too. So that's right. Uh, if you buy six or a dozen, you can reduce that price quite a bit. Absolutely. You know, of course, we've got our ten percent off for the multiple, and then you get another twelve dollars off when you buy the case. So it's a it's a great opportunity to stock up when this time of year is coming. You know, when I was buying wine for the last, uh, almost the last 35 years, there was never any sales. I love that there are sales now uh, just because I can go in there and, and uh, flip through the wines as I go through your list online uh, and find these wines that are on sale, which are just crazy, uh, the amount of money that you can save, 3 4 $5 a bottle, and then with discounts and everything else. It's a, it's a hefty amount of money, so people should check that out uh, when they go to Save on Foods. Uh, I don't know. The easiest thing for me to do when I go there is I type wine in and all the wines come up and then I can do a search by red wine or category, uh, whatever, and, and go through some of these uh, some of these great wines that are on sale. Uh, Steve, always great to catch up with you. So we'll, we're going to uh, get organized for the holidays with lots of different things to talk about in the coming shows. And uh, we'll, are you getting new wines at this time of the year or, or vintage turning over? How does that work? Absolutely. 
and I, I can't quote them, but I saw it went, went through an email yesterday, and I think we added one new winery last week, and I think it was 16 new wines from other wineries got added to our selection last week. So it, every week there's, there's more new stuff coming. And, and i got to be honest, Tony, I still walk through our stores, and I'm like a kid at Christmas time. I, I see stuff on the shelf that, that I've never seen before or forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, especially at this time of year, it's a great to to stock up on all those 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 unique things that you tend to forget about. I know, and I, I realize that most people are looking for value, uh, especially in these times. But uh, don't be surprised to stumble on a wine like the CC Yens Cellar Cabernet Franc, and a very difficult wine to find in the province. It's sitting in your store. Uh, it's a sixty-five dollar red wine selling in a grocery store. I love to see that. Yeah, uh, we that's a that's a great wine and. I, I'm, I'm not sure you did me any favors. Now, now all my friends are going to be uh, they're going to be <laughs> they should because they should <laughs> grab it. The discount alone on that's uh, enough money to go out for dinner. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we can't wait to catch up with you soon again. And uh, we'll tell our uh, listeners whenever we can to be kind and be safe when you're shopping for groceries. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Take care, all of you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Great. Steve. Thanks, Steve. Steve Moriarty, he's the wine director at uh, Save On Foods. There's plenty more coming up on the show today. Up next, uh, Barkley Robinson, winemaker Road 13, joins us to talk about uh, his new vision for the South Okanagan. He's arrived from Ontario, and uh, it's going to be fun to see this guy make wine down on the Golden Mile bench. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Rediscover the South Okanagan good life at Watermark Beach Resort, Asoyas Hotel and Conference Centre. Just steps to everything. The beach, shopping, the marina and great dining at the restaurant at Watermark. New executive chef Nick Atkins invites you to indulge your senses with bright new flavours inside or on the newly expanded lakeside patio. Featuring new health and safety protocols and procedures. Reservations are highly recommended. Celebrate the South Okanagan. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com. Summer may be officially over, but not at Spirit Ridge Resort. Their endless summer continues until October 31st. Book three nights and get a $75 credit that you can use at any of their many on-site activities. From Solterra Spa Services, golfing at Sonora Dunes, dining at the Bear, the Fish, the Root, and the Berry. Even wakeboarding with Wake Pilot Rentals. Spirit Ridge has it all. Book today and quote endless summer to experience the beauty of Spirit Ridge. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.com. CA. Tin Horn Creek Vineyards has opened its doors. Visitors are welcome to stop by the wine shop for both sales and tastings. The award-winning Miradoro restaurant is now also open for table service and takeout. Reservations are required. Can't make it in? Take advantage of free shipping on orders over six bottles or send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them. Curbside pickup is also available for online and phone orders. For full details and the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. 
Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Barkley Robinson. He's the winemaker at Road 13 Vineyards down in the South Okanagan, just outside of the town of Oliver. Uh, Barkley, welcome to the show. Great Thank to you. have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're, this is your first harvest in BC. You're getting near the end. Are you? Do you feel like you're? Uh, you belong here now, or? Oh yeah, it's it's interesting to uh, to see the similarities and differences. I mean, yeah. it's been a, a crazy year to uh, to start making wine in the Okanagan, but yeah. that's cool. You came from Ontario. What, yeah. what what do you think? What's the biggest difference for you? Um, everything's starting a lot earlier, especially this year, because everything was so hot, warm, sunny. Yeah. Uh, so everything is really coming in early yeah. um, and and all together, which is uh, an interesting challenge. But yeah. luckily for us, most of our our bigger reds are, are coming a little further down mm. the line, so we'll and be there, busy. There were some smoke events. Did you ever have that in Ontario, uh, any of that sort of thing happening? Not to that degree, no. Yeah, no. so that's so. new too. Yeah, yeah. And frightening, I would imagine, some days. No, yeah. they, they had something even worse. Yeah, the they? bugs. Yeah, the ladybugs. The yeah. ladybugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not allowed to mention that. that. No, I know. <laughs> not during harvest, no. <laughs> pretty much cut my legs off for 20 years there, but... Uh, yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. And, and so uh, uh, at Road 13, Road 13 has always been a, a place for big reds, even for Rhone-style reds. Is That that will continue, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a fan of big reds. That's what I came up for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And are you enjoying the fruit you're seeing and oh, the, it, the possibilities? It's like Christmas. Like it, it, the Chardonnay that came in this morning, for example, off our estate, I mean, yeah. It's just pristine. Like it, it's amazing the quality of fruit that's coming in and, and mm-hmm. the flavors. It's just incredible. Yeah. It does. It's a point of difference for BC, I think, in many ways. This pristine fruit. It's not talked a lot about, mostly because most people don't know where BC is or what's going on. But it, it is interesting how pure the, the the grapes are in the fruit. Yeah, that uh, the dryness of the air really helps. You know, it just keeps the disease pressure right down on in the yeah. in the vineyard. And our vineyard management career is amazing. So yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about some of your favorites at Road 13. Where, How will you sort of guide the ship now? In which direction? And what, what are your, the wines that interest you a lot? Um, they all they all interest me. I mean, we brought in our, our Chenin Blanc for the, uh, the yeah. base wine of our, our traditional method yeah. uh, sparkling. And that, that was tasting fantastic. So that's exciting to work with because they're 52 years old. So yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, the Chardonnay is amazing, like I was saying. And then, uh, of course, the, our blocks of Syrah are, are looking incredible. I can't yeah. wait to get my hands on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. We love Syrah. Yeah. Yeah. Harvest is a it's, a... it's a fun time, though, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's it is like Christmas. I mean, you, you every day you're like, what are you, what am I going to get? What what are the flavors? Is it going to be the way I, I tasted it in the field? And it's it's incredible to see it all line up. Yeah. And you get to eat a lot of junk food. <laughs> you can, yeah. I mean, you always have your snacks in 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 your desk, so absolutely. And your favorites are. Uh, I have a couple of cases of Cliff Bars, you know, like you can't always get, uh, <laughs> in the middle of harvest, you have to have the... A couple of cases? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love well, that. you got to. And then, wow. then of course, cashews as well, so... Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk, I want to talk a little bit about some of the wines that are coming out of uh, mm-hmm. Road 13 currently now through the fall and up to the Christmas season. What, what are you releasing to the public? Um, well, we have one that's special for our wine club members. Yeah. Uh, they get first crack at it. It's a 2018 Marsan, uh, so oh, a wow. round variety, which is really cool. 
Um, and then the the uh, first of the 2018 uh, reds are being, mm. well, not the first, but the first of the Rhone variety. So the GSM, the Jackpot Syrah, which is our reserve, yep. and then the Syrah Malbec as well. So yeah. they're all being released in GS. Ago. Listen to you, GSM, yeah. Jackpot Syrah. Boy, <laughs> that sounds exciting. Got the lingo, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you're you're new there, but you've tasted these wines. So mm-hmm. Marsan, is that a, a new thing for you to see and work uh, with? To actually work with, yeah. I mean, I, I dealt with it on the sommelier side of things, and, yeah. and it was a fun wine to, to pair. Um, most people don't have a lot of exp- experience or exposure to it, so mm-hmm. it's really cool uh, to really educate people in that Rhone varietal. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how much does that help you to have been a som, do you think? Um it's almost like uh, speaking English and French. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I have to remember that. If you speak both languages, you can you can speak to winemakers, you can speak to customers, you can speak to restaurants. So um, it it does benefit for sure. Yeah. I want us to taste the wine that you brought, sure. Chardonnay, and I want you to sell it to us like you're a psalm. Sell it to you like a psalm. Okay. Well, this is the 2018 uh, Viognier. So this is out of the Similkameen Vineyard, um, really nice and ripe, and uh, we do 30% of the fermentation in new French oak, uh, so we do do a barrel ferment. So you're going to get uh, not so much the the flavor of oak, but the feel of it. Like mm-hmm. through that mid-palate, it really pulls up the tropical notes and really that big uh, mid-palate mouthfeel. So really, really nice with uh, roast chicken, uh, fantastic with uh, like Dungeness crab and, and some of You're the... now upselling me, right? From the <laughs> yeah. chicken to the Dungeness yeah. crab. And the seared scallops and, you know. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh, my, and 20% I... on top of that, so that's that's good. It's very good. Uh, well, just just hearing you say that, so your, say your vi- your version of, of Marsan or Viognier, uh Will you tweak these wines, or will you go in a different direction, or how? Like you, you've arrived there. There's a style, or there's wines that are there. Yeah. Are they the wines that you will make, or how will you put your your fingerprint on the wines, or even though you're not supposed to put your fingerprint, but well, you are. You just have to do it in a way that it doesn't. Uh, it's kind of like letting off the clutch, right? You yeah. you want to let it off gently, so it yeah. doesn't shock people. Um, so we're doing. We'll be doing some uh, small batch uh, experiments, like with a little bit more concrete fermentation, mm-hmm. as well as a stainless steel in the oak. So, just to add some complexity, mm-hmm. and then uh, pick timing is a big thing. Uh, yeah. So you can really change uh, the style of a wine, or even just subtle nuances, just by your pick timings. So, yeah, earlier, yeah. you think, or later? Um, it depends on the variety. I think yeah. um, I like to, especially You're with the white. Very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> White, whites and reds. I mean, I, I like to have that that acid backbone that really helps draw the flavor. So yeah. it's it's a really a delicate little dance. Our guest is Barkley Robinson. He's the winemaker at Road 13 Vineyards uh, along the Golden Mile Bench in the South Okanagan, just just outside of the town of Oliver. Uh, the Golden Mile Bench is kind of a nice place too. It's Incredible. A, yeah, the, just that setting and and the terrain that you have there and the terroir that you can work with there. It's really uh, it's exciting. I want to ask about my experience, my uh, a guest experience, I guess, as they come now. What? How will it be at Road 13? How is that evolving? Because I know it's evolving now. Yeah, I mean, this summer uh, we did uh, evolve into a, a by appointment only uh, for the seated tastings. And I think the benefit of that is you really get um, a more tutored tasting. Um, mm-hmm. And you're taken through the wine and you learn more about the, the history of the, of the area and the history of the wine and the winery. So... Um, 
as much as it, we can't get as many people through the winery, uh, I think you're getting a better experience and, yeah. and you really get to you're sending dive out, in. Sending yeah. out disciples, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, I like that. And Barclay Robinson, you are making big reds in the Okanagan at Road 13. Absolutely. Now. Pretty cool. It is. It's a dream come true, I think. It really is. It's, yeah. it's, uh, I have to pinch myself sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you were a foreigner, you think, well, what's he talking about? But in Canada, making big reds was never, you know, maybe not a lot of people's dreams early on. Yeah, I, 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 there's something about making red wines and the big red wines. Like it's it's very tactile. You come in and yeah. and you can you can smell the ferment. You can hear it. You can see it. You can feel it. Uh, you touch it, and uh, it tells you what it needs. So yeah, I really like that aspect well, of it. Well, I'm wondering, will you be a connection to Ontario in some ways for your winery too? Like, because it see seems why not. it seems like it's hard to sell wine back and forth. I think as a psalm, you get that it shouldn't be as I do, but it seems. Like, on, people in Ontario buy their wine, we buy our wine, and there's yeah. nothing in between. It's kind of weird. Well, I, I think that's the silver lining, too, with this this past year. Like, people are getting uh, used to ordering things online, ordering from across Changing, the country. Yeah. Um, so they're a lot more open to different regions than they had been before. So I think that can really play into a, uh, into the, the program well. And yeah. Open people's eyes yeah. to what's available locally in Canada. It, and if you were to say something uh, about both places now, what, what would you say? How would you characterize maybe Ontario versus BC, or whether it's the culture or the focus or whatever? Um, I, I think they're both strong wine regions. Um, the the biggest thing difference in in the growing, obviously, in in Niagara, is it starts a, a little later, um, the harvest and also the the beginning of the season, but uh, the growing season is much more temperate, so it goes a lot longer. So yeah. for wines like Cab Franc and Cab Sauv, uh they really benefit from that long extended hang time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Well, listen, we're happy that you managed to make your way up to see us. I know it's a bit of a hike, but no uh, problem. Uh, you got a couple more weeks to go for sure, so Absolutely. that'll be uh, fun for you. And then uh, do you get some time off, or do you just you got to dive into a, a renovation and all the rest of that down at Road 13? Uh well, there is going to be a renovation for sure, so there's going to be that, but uh, definitely need to have some, some time off before Christmas or yeah. just through Christmas. So, yeah. Great to see you. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks Thank so you. much. No problem. Uh, oh, me. how much is the Viognier, oh, roughly? The Viognier is uh, right around, just under uh, under $30. Under $30. Yeah. Yeah. We've been tasting the Road 13 2018 Viognier with our guest, Barkley Robinson. He's the winemaker at Road 13 Vineyards. There's still more to come. Stick around. Up next, winemaker Allison Moyes joins us from Liquidity Wines. Uh, I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. When the cooler weather settles, the vibe changes, dishes become heartier, and wine decidedly more nuanced. Save on Foods carries the world's largest selection of BC VQA wine, more than 1,200 wines from over 180 wineries, all perfect for fall. There's no better time to experience BC's best vintages, and there's no better place to find them all than Save on Foods. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. Browse the entire collection online at saveonfoods.com wine. 
The Wine Center at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is waiting for you. Welcome to the new home of hospitality in the Okanagan. The wine shop is open for tastings, and the Modest Butcher Restaurant is ready to welcome you with the best dining experience in Okanagan wine country. Walk-ins are being accepted for tastings and dining, but reservations are still recommended. For the safety of guests and staff, extra cleaning, sanitization, and physical distancing protocols are also in place. For more information and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Allison Moyes, uh, who we're really happy to have her on the show. We have not uh, spoken to her before. Uh, she's the winemaker, Liquidity. How are you, Allison? I'm great, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, let's start. I mean, our listeners know they know so much about wine. I hope they do. They've been listening for a while. But let's start with Liquidity. Where is it? And uh, give us a little history on the, the winery. Absolutely. So uh, Liquidity is uh, really in the heart of Okanagan Falls, um, which is a really distinctive region um, that I'm really proud to be making wine uh, from. Mm -hmm. Um, we're actually the, the narrowest part of the valley, um, yeah. which is uh, kind of, I look at it as the border between the north Okanagan and the south Okanagan. So south of Penticton, north of Oliver. Exactly. Sort of squeezed in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a nice, it's kind of like a hidden little paradise over there on that side of the road. It is. We have a beautiful wine route um, that we invite everyone to come and discover. Yeah. And <laughs> and what's the focus at the winery? So the focus is, um, I think, the, the varieties that grow best uh, in Okanagan Falls, which are Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Yeah. Um, to kind of give you an indication of the commitment we have to Pinot Noir in particular, uh, we have a total of 30 acres planted, uh, and 11 of them are to Pinot Noir with yeah. a variety of different clones. Yeah, yeah. There, there is something about Okanagan Falls. I, you know, I, I don't, can't put my finger on it, but as you say, it, there, it's uniquely suited to that. I mean, we know that Blue Mountain's been there forever. They had Chardonnay and Pinot Noir for a long time. Meyer's there. A lot of people are doing great jobs with Pinot. Is, is it a is it a dirt thing, or is it a weather thing, or is it a position thing? How would you describe it? I think it's a combination. Um, I think uh, we're at a slightly higher elevation, giving it um, more of a cool climate um, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, I think the wind actually plays a role. We're the narrowest part of the valley, which yeah. creates a bit of a wind tunnel, and that has a cooling effect as well, yeah. um, and it keeps things dry, so it actually is quite a significant part of of uh, our growing region, yeah. uh, and then the soils are quite unique. We're uh, what I would describe as glacial ablation till, um, which is it's, <laughs> easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's really uh, varied from location to location on the property, but yeah. stratified, um, rocky, gravelly, sandy soil. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned wind. When I hear wind, I think organics because I think of dryness and and uh, not a lot of disease pressure. 
you have big news about liquidities wines, uh, starting with this vintage that you're 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 working on right now. Absolutely, we're this uh, for the 2020 vintage. All of our grapes will be uh, 100% organic from our estate um, vineyards, the Lusitano property and Allendale property. Wow! Where we Congratulations. are. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really great to see um, the evolution from um, getting away from those harsher sprays, yeah. and to see the soil come back alive in just three years is really something special. So, do the costs drop then if you're not using all these chemicals when you're doing organic? Um, or do, is it other things come into play that cost money? Um, we're definitely saving money on the chemical side of things, but the labor um, kind goes of, up. Yeah, it's right. the um, weeding. Yeah, so yeah. the weeding, um, weed control is the, the the biggest challenge for organic viticulture. Um, we do it mechanically with a grape hoe by a tractor rather, rather than spray yeah. herbicides. Um, and it's a very prevent it's preventative um, farming rather than reactive um, in organics. We have to make sure uh, we don't have any um, you know disease pressure that um, comes comes out. We want to prevent it before it starts. Is it a bit more uh, stressful for a winemaker? Um, it depends on the season. I think this season not so much. <laughs> Everything looks beautiful. Yes. Um, there's not a hint of mildew or any kind of rot anywhere um, so that's really nice when there's a little bit higher pressure um, we just have to make sure to keep an, a, a really close eye on it mm. mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna ask you can I try that Chardonnay well you're I'm gonna ask you something about the organics because uh, we, we I, I want to know why consumers should be happy about you going organic like what what is it in what's in it for them I think they're gonna get a better wine yeah. Um, I think that my philosophy is that um, we look for balance in a wine. I think that comes from balanced vines, and uh, subsequent to that, I think it comes from balanced soils. And if the soil has diversity and there's life there, um, I think you end up with something that's um, a healthier plant, uh, and you end up with better Happier quality plants. product. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you, you're mentioning you have lower yields. We were, we were talking to somebody else about that. They said it was part of the transition because there's less nutrients, or there's you know you're not feeding the grapes, so they're the grapes have to adjust. They they're like us, like humans. So they they really have to. Oh, oh, I'm not getting this. I better do that. Or is that is that the way it works with when you change when you convert a vineyard over to organics? I think we're past that phase. I think that's really the first year that there's a little bit of a, a shock. Mm -hmm. um, but we still do um, take great care to provide nutrition for the vines. It's mm. just a different kind. Um, so cover crops, providing a green manure, um, compost from our own grape waste that we yeah. put through a program to reintegrate into the soils. Um, so with those techniques, I think that uh, we're providing vines with what they need. You uh, were recently purchased by uh, the iconic BC Winers. You're part of that group now. You have a lot of assets uh, have come. I see you smiling about that. So I know their philosophy is to leave people alone, let them do what they do, but help them. Or, or So how is that going? Has that been a good transition for you? Or? It's been really wonderful for me. Um, being a part of the Mark Anthony um, family now. Yeah. Um, there's additional resources, of course, of course. Um, that I can tap into that weren't available to me before. Yeah. Um, I'm still, the, the goal, the vision is to elevate the brand, the wine, the quality, yeah. which is has been my philosophy uh, as a part of liquidity um, since I joined in 2015. Um, so I, I couldn't be happier. And mm -hmm. so how will you do that? Will you make other wines now or different wines in terms of 
I mean, you have the in, the, the regular Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. There'll be wines above that, or how will it roll out? That's right. We do have uh, currently some reserve tier wines, mm -hmm. um, very very small volumes. Um, in some cases. Um, exclusively available to our one of our two wine clubs the liquidity club and the dividend club right um i have uh access to a, lot, a better quality fruit um moving forward and uh, different varieties as well so i see that portfolio expanding yeah yeah better barrels yes <laughs> maybe better presses the only yeah. woman with among how many guys yeah well, there's lots, I think there's lots of women working there, but you're a chief winemaker. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. that's fantastic. It's impressive. But it's great to have that, don't you think? It to, is. To, you have everybody else you can bounce stuff of, off of and Absolutely. taste with. Well, I think that there's no way that we can all be making the same wines. We're really making the wines for yeah. the place. Yes. So Okanagan Falls is where, you know, what I'm trying to uh, represent in the wines yeah. authentically. Um, but. You know, having, um, you know, colleagues that are, um, you know, have the, their own experiences um, and very intelligent um, group of um, winemakers that yeah. I can reach out to and we can bounce ideas, as you said. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite a good, good resource. I'd just love to see you in a room with Shane and Phil and uh, <laughs> Daryl. That would be fun to, to push back and say, hey, what are you guys doing here? I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what they would get is this is a beautiful Isn't Chardonnay. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Oh, thank you so and much. And I don't know, are you a cook? I do enjoy uh, oh, great. cooking, yes. And uh, what would you serve with this Chardonnay? Oh, gosh, I know the, honestly, my favorite is lobster, but that's yes. a little bit uh, predictable. Um, I think um, scallops with a, a lemon butter yes, sauce perfect. would be beautiful. Um, really a halibut maybe with like a mango chutney would be wonderful. Um, most seafood is a, a good pairing. With There's a lovely citrus note in the oh, wine yeah, and the beautiful. freshness that is so great. Oh. Uh, you know, I grew up tasting a lot. I, I, I grew up tasting a lot of New World Chardonnays that never tasted like this. And we thought they would never get there. So it's really exciting to see what's going on in BC in terms of that. So you got to keep going on down that road. I uh, know that harvest is over, but I'm just wondering if uh, what kind of food you have during harvest time. You personally like to have snacks or what you feed the crew. Yeah, um, it's really important to maintain good eating habits throughout harvest, despite how busy we are. Um, I have certain foods. I try and take um, some time on Sundays and really plan food for the week. Yes. Um, so cook everything, and then I've got all my lunches and everything ready to go. Um, and I make sure that the team does, you know, take that time, you know, to um, have a lunch and, you know, have a healthy lunch. We don't just work right through the day because it's really important that they take a break and um, I think that helps with their focus and um, their ability to um, get through the, the whole harvest yeah. in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, if, if we come to the winery now, or is it a is it an Okanagan Falls experience? Like what, what happens at liquidity? What What's available for me to do when I go there and visit? We're offering two experiences by reservation. Um, both are seated um, tastings of uh, five wines. Mm -hmm. uh, one is a taste of Okanagan Falls that features um, some of our, our key wines and varieties. Uh, the other option is a vertical tasting called the A Taste of the Classics, mm. uh, and it's an offering of uh, some of our exclusive library wines. Uh, and uh, both these tastings are hosted by really knowledgeable wine educators, and they take you through the history of liquidity uh, and, of course, the wines. 
that do, you're trying. Do you drop by those tastings once in a while? Or? I do, yeah. yeah. Just to pop in and say hello and Love it. Uh, get some feedback. <laughs> Allison, great to meet you on the air. Lovely We've to met meet. a few times, but on the air. Uh, it's great to talk to you a bit, and, and uh, we're going to be watching liquidity closely now as it uh, moves forward and grabs that big shiny bar and reaches for the stars. Yeah, I'm really excited about the potential we've got. Yeah, so. You should be. You're on a great piece of dirt there. We expect a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Allison Moy, she's the winemaker at Liquidity Wines. You'll find her in Okanagan Falls. Uh, if you'd like to go there and visit, uh, just uh, go online and get yourself an appointment and have yourself a tasting there. You'll really enjoy the wines and learn something about uh, the the uh, sub-region of Okanagan Falls. Thanks so much. There's plenty more coming up. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll talk with Murray McDonald, the executive chef at The Bear, The Fish, The Root, and The Berry at Spirit Ridge Lake Resort when we come back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. You know I'm a wine drinker. Let's be completely honest. That's what drives that passion. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. Between our, our three properties, I have about a 5,000-bottle wine cellar. So I have wines from all over the world, and I drink wines from all over the world. I do have a lot of friends. <laughs> Experience the passion. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca and look for Poplar Grove at private fine wine stores. Please enjoy responsibly. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Fall has arrived. Celebrate the harvest at Black Hills Estate Winery with in-person and online tastings. Relax on their comfortable and spacious patio and sample the newly released Viognier and the rare and coveted Carmeniere. Their wine educators are eager to tell you about this lost grape of Bordeaux and how it grows in the South Okanagan. For more on the virtual tasting program or to book a seat on the patio, visit blackhillswinery.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're heading down to a Soyuz, uh, in fact, to Spirit Ridge Lake Resort and the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry to catch up with Murray McDonald. He's the executive chef. Uh, there today, but he has uh, been at the helm of many award-winning restaurants around the globe. Uh, imagine having a chef in the South Okanagan who worked at the Ritz-Carlton in Toronto, uh, the Clooney Bistro in Boulangerie, uh, Fogo Island Inn. I mean, these are famous places, folks, and now he's cooking in the Okanagan. We love to hear that. Murray, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm really well. Uh, the uh, I just been talking to wineries. The the grapes are almost all in across the valley. Uh, does that uh, change anything for you? 
not that much, you know. Like the, the wineries kind of do their thing, and the restaurants we do our thing, and then you know we meet in the middle to hopefully pair up some great wines and some great food, and uh, have people come visit the Okanagan. Well, we know uh, we know already that many people are are migrating to the South Okanagan in Vancouver Island this winter instead of going off to the U.S. So you should be pretty busy. It has been like uh, this season. Like we didn't know how it was going to go. You know, we shut down. We moved to takeout. Uh, we did family meals for two and four, and that kept people employed and kept the uh, the restaurant going. And then when we reopened, for uh, how busy is it going to be? And it was mm-hmm. off the charts. It wow. was the busiest season in the resort's history. Like just flat out crazy. Uh, restaurants sold out every day. Wait list. It was really interesting. And I just got back from Tofino. I was over there doing uh, the uh, Feast of Tofino. And they may talk to all the chefs there. It was the busiest season they've ever seen. So it does go to show that between BC and Alberta, there is enough people here to support the local tourism industry. Mm-hmm. There is. There's more here than on Fogo Island. Oh, that is for sure. So, you no, know, I, I'm so impressed that you were at Fogo Island. I was at Fogo Island, but just before the inn opened and met, it's Zeta Cobb, correct? Yes. The owner, very impressive woman. And I remember when I was there, the locals, they weren't too happy about having this fancy pants uh, inn on their island. How did they adapt? Well, that's kind of the Newfoundland way. You know, I was born and raised in Newfoundland. Yes. Newfoundlanders are uh, pessimistic by nature, you know. It's been a rough go in Newfoundland. It's always the, the, the constant struggle of living on Newfoundland and different things that happen over the years. But it's like everything. People in Newfoundland are kind of resistant to change. It's not much different than the South Okanagan. Uh, But it just takes time just to get in there, to realize that you're not there trying to scam people to make money, that you want to become a part of the community and help make it better. Well, let's start uh, with the peculiar name of the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry. Uh, Tell us about the background on that. So, well, sort of a long story, kind of, but I'm originally from Newfoundland, born and raised. And, uh, you know, I want to see the world. How am I going to see the world? Mommy and Daddy ain't going to pay for me to go see the world. I come from a middle-class family in Newfoundland. So I was like, if I can, someone told me, if I could cook, I could travel the world. And I love to cook. I played in rock bands for many years, but I also like the artistic side of things. So I went to culinary school in PEI, worked in PEI, uh, moved to Ontario, worked in Stratford, St. Catharines, left Canada when I was 20. And I've worked in Bermuda, the Grand Caymans, Cook Islands in the South Pacific, China, New Zealand, and Mexico. And then from there, back to Vancouver, opened the Fairmont Pacific Rim. And then from there, I was there for three and a half years in Vancouver, moved all the way back to Newfoundland. and was the founding executive chef at the Fogo Island Inn, and I was there for around five years. Wow. So when I was in Fogo, there was a gentleman who came to work with me. His name is Charlie Stark, and he's Mi'kmaq from Prince Edward Island. So he was my helper one day. We're out on the rocks, we're foraging, we're cooking over a fire, we're getting this forage tea ready and doing all these things we used to do there. And he looked at me and he's like, Chef, you're cooking indigenous food. And I was like, hmm. I had a bit of like an awe moment sitting there on the rocks looking at the North Atlantic. And I was like, maybe I am. So me and him started talking and I told him that my great-grandmother is Montanay Indian. So modern day, they go by Inu. So right. it's something that's been in my heritage. And then I also got Métis on my father's side. So 
me and him started talking, and he was involved in this uh, group called ITAC, which is Indigenous Tourism Canada. And I started helping promote Indigenous culinary across Canada about six, seven years ago. Just kind of led me on the journey to here, meeting all these really, really cool Indigenous chefs and restaurateurs across Canada, talking with different nations about their different struggles for food sovereignty and issues they have on different reservations. So for me, when this came up to move to the reservation on the land of the Soyuz Indian Band and cook Indigenous food, it was just like my whole life was taking me to here. And for me, it's kind of trying to find some of my own history and uh, things that were never really taught to me from my grandmother and great-grandmother. So it's been really cool. So when I was talking to Daniel Bibby, the general manager, about taking over the restaurant and what they wanted to do, I was like, well, we're, we're on the Soyuz Indian band land. Like, we need to do indigenous food. He's like, great. So they had some names, and there's a few names that were a bit, eh, not too cool. Then it has one name, the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry. And I was like, if you don't call it that, I'm not coming. <laughs> to me, it's, it's just the coolest long, long name, but it has meaning. So it's about the story of the four food chiefs, which is a great story um, of the Okanagan people. And it's even taught here in the school. So I love it. My kids are going to school here in the Soyuz, and they learn the story of the four food chiefs. So I just think it's a cool thing. It ties it back to the place. And we've been open now for just about a year and a year and four months, and we've yeah. been having a blast. What do all Indigenous peoples have in common with food? Mm, whew, that's a funny question. If you look at Indigenous food from coast to coast, you would not think it is the same thing. It's totally different all the way, coast to coast. So if you look back at it, the tradition of Indigenous food is uh, surviving off of the land with what the land provides and what your ancestors have taught you. That's why Indigenous people have such a respect for the land, because if you don't respect the land, the land is not there to give them what they need to live. That's why Indigenous people have such a respect for their elders, because their elders are who taught them the way they needed to survive and to live. So that's how I look at it. So that's why from, you know, Haida Gwaii all the way to uh, Mi'kmaq and uh, PEI, it's a different food because it is just what they learned over the years, respecting the land and surviving where they live. Our guest is Murray McDonald. He's oh. the executive chef of the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry at uh, Spirit Ridge Lake Resort. And Murray, I'm not going to let you go without a quick recipe okay. for our listeners. Um, so one of the really cool recipes we do here is called berry wahape. So it's pretty much an indigenous style of jam, but it's the most simplest thing ever. So the one we do is we use um, blueberries and Saskatoon berries. But you can use any berry you really want. So you just put it in the pot, add a little bit of maple syrup and a little bit of salt, and you just cook it in. That is it. It's three ingredients, or depending on how many berries you use, you multiple ingredients, but just berries and maple syrup and a tiny bit of salt. Cook it out till it's like a rough chutney consistency, and it's the most beautiful thing ever. Okay, I'm going home to make that after the show. 
Jeff, thanks so much uh, for joining us. I wish we had more time. We'll get back to you. Uh, you've got lots of great stories, and, of course, we'll have our listeners drop by and try the food and uh, get involved in the South Okanagan. Of course, uh, right at Enkameep Cellars, uh, Justin Hall, an Indigenous winemaker next door. Uh, it's, it's a great story. Uh, we wish you well this winter and hope to see you next spring. Thank you so much for having me. And, yes, please drop by. And anyone wants to come by and see us, you know, and have some good food, drink some great wine, wine we'd love to see you. Okay, Murray McDonald, he's the exec chef at the Bear, the Fish, the Root, and the Berry at Spirit Ridge Lodge Lake Resort. We are out of time, folks. Thanks for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and a special hello to all our new listeners across the province. Special thanks to our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.